Macy. I don't know. <laughs> that's not William H. Macy. Yeah, I know, it's not That's at all. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> William H. Macy is kind of like, I don't even know, I can't even do it. I can't even think of a William H. Macy impression. I think he's higher, a little more nasal, mm-hmm. much yeah, whiter. Like, <laughs> much whiter than Morgan Freeman. He is Freeman. way whiter than Morgan like, Freeman. Like on a scale of like Morgan Freeman to uh, powder, he is definitely more <laughs> towards powder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Than, Hi, and welcome to More Than We Can Chew. I'm Mike Mitchell. And I'm Matt Kenny. And today we have a special guest. Matt Priggy is with us again. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, today, I don't know why, Matt, you, you're always here when the theme, the episodes are themeless, but we don't have a theme today. I, I inspire a general malaise and confusion. <laughs> That's, That's why. I've always thought that about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, we don't have a theme today because people are busy. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Real life gets in the that's, way sometimes. That's life, folks. Lesson learned. Life doesn't have a theme. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was sad. <laughs> <laughs> there is no meaning. Oh, oh. 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 Put that in a hallmark card. <laughs> Happy um. graduation. There is no meaning. <laughs> oh, the places you won't go. <laughs> Stifle those dreams, kids. Mm-hmm. You'll just be disappointed. Stomp them out. Do yourself a favor. If you had to, if you had to go back to your high school self and just be like, "Hey, look, don't get your hopes." Up. <laughs> I wouldn't tell him that, poor kid. Yeah. Like, but but if if it was like a thing where, because there are some things where I was just like, "Look, don't even think about this because it's not going to happen." So just like either do this or do that, but don't do this because don't hope for this because it's not going to happen. Is there a thing you can go back to your your younger self and and think about? To- I I once made a solemn vow to myself that I was going to become a wrestler in the WWE. Yes. You, all right, you have talked about this before, and we kind of <laughs> raised over it in the we past. Did talk about we this. talked about it in uh, <laughs> yeah. in the spies episode, yeah. but where. <laughs> You I like, forgot that we talked about We talked about WWE. <laughs> and I was like, I totally blew by it. And then when I was editing the episode, I was like, wait a minute. We we lost so much not talking <laughs> about that. But I want to hear about this because you are not the person. No, no, not at all. Like, like, you're like, you're very calm. <laughs> and you're very like, I'm not going to hit anybody. Yeah. So at what point did you decide like, oh, I want to be a wrestler? Well, I really got into WWE in middle school, and it's, like, Matt and I have actually talked about this, like, in hindsight, it really was just because it was, like, a story, like, they were, it was just, like, a long form, like, if you've seen that South Park episode with wrestling, right. they hit the nail on the head, like, yeah. it's all about the drama, like, right. it's not about the pageantry. The is amazing. Yeah, it's all about the pageantry, the people who pretend to be dead, there's, like, right. pretend superheroes, like, it's See, like, I, I never watched wrestling. Yeah. I've seen like a couple of matches, yeah. and I played like the WWE video game. The games were awesome, but I've never ever like I'm not a sports guy, not yeah. uh, not anything like that. So I don't know anything about wrestling. So bring me into this, like make me understand how you wanted to be a wrestler. For me, I was into it right towards the end of like Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh-huh. reign. Like I got right. into it sort of as he was like being phased out, but like. As like a, as like a young teenager, I was just so inspired. I don't know if you're familiar with the character of Stone Cold. No, no. he was just, he's like this southern redneck guy, but right. he was just like you know like the law, of the land. Like he was like <laughs> justice. You know right. what I mean? Like that was like his thing, and like I was just so inspired by that, right. and like just the idea of kicking people's asses in the name <laughs> of justice really right. connected with me. And also, I, I so thought you wanted of, to be Batman. 
<laughs> Batman who was on TV every week. Well, you know, I, I mean, they do basically take all of the most appealing qualities of like professional athletes, rock stars, and superheroes, and they just right. mash them all together. Yeah. And okay. and like Hollywood actors. Yes. Right? Add that too. Exactly. Just take everything that our culture idealizes as the coolest thing for a guy to be and mash them together. Yeah. And, and put it them. in tights. And yeah. put it in tights. And you're, you're ripped. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. ripped. Yeah. They're, they're always like armies of beautiful women around you <laughs> fawning over you. <laughs> Shit explodes when you walk in the room. Yeah, right, yes. right, right. right. Exactly. It's like a beer commercial every time. It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I just really, really, really wanted to be a part of that. And then like a year later, I was like, that's fucking stupid. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so it wasn't even that that long-lived of an, of an no, idea. No, no. It was, yeah, maybe a year total of like, this is exactly what I want to do. Right. And then it was like, no, why would I do that? I well, don't want to hit anybody. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember, did we, talk, we talked about the moment I fell out of love with wrestling, right? Did we get into that no, last time? No, we no, didn't no. get into that? I don't think we did. Okay. I don't remember this it. Was, so. So, I, so I was, in, you know, obviously into it. And like, I knew it was fake. I didn't have any, like, right. I was like, this is really. Oh, uh, so you weren't like, Stone Cold's really dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Mom, never coming back. Stone Cold is dead. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but I was watching a match. I remember very distinctly. It was one of the pay-per-view matches. So that's like when, you know, it's, shit's going to get really intense. It's also so funny, like, looking at, like, the ways they, like, manipulate their demographic. Especially the way they portray villains. Mm-hmm. There was this villain at that... It's probably, like, 2004. Like, JBL. He was this rich guy character who would, Ooh. like, come out. He came out in, like, a limo. Like, that was, like, Wait, his... into the arena? Yeah. He, all right, so he would come down the ramp in a limo. In a limo, yeah, and then the limo that's, would just be that's parts. good for yeah. all the carbon monoxide being yeah. released yeah, into the into the dome. Exactly, yeah, it was great. Uh, so he's fighting the Undertaker, who of course is like the badass hero character right. at this point in time. Uh, and there's basically the match spills out of the ring. Now they're in the ramp. Basically, the Undertaker gets JBL on top of the limo, and he does a choke slam. And JBL goes through the roof of the limo <laughs> like it's tissue paper. Like it just rips open. And for some reason, I know it sounds small, but for some reason, my brain just immediately turned off to wrestling. Oh, and that really? single moment. That's I was where like, they jumped the shark? Because the artifice they, was clear. Exactly. It was just so fucking stupid to me. Right. Like I was offended. <laughs> like, How stupid do like, they think so I they, am? They put a canvas roof. Right. Just so he could be choke slammed through it. Like, that right. is just so offensive to me. I don't know. It just really bothered me. It sounds like Dear that Vince made... McMahon, yeah. as a viewer and lover of WWE wrestling, I am offended by your lack of <laughs> respect for me. How how old were you? I was probably... 14, I think. Probably. I was going to say, that feels like, like, is that the beginning of you starting to become a man? It sort of <laughs> seems like it might be that. That was my... My we, heroes are dead. I am now a man. We don't we don't have bar mitzvahs in Catholicism, <laughs> yes, so I think me. that's that was my... You just have the loss of respect for your elders. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that's how you become a man yes. in Catholicism. <laughs> yeah.
So did you have like a character that you wanted to like? How how mm. far into wrestling did I, did I were do you? Any character like, development? You, did you like sketch up like, all right, I'm gonna wear this and I'm gonna be this character <laughs> and this is gonna be my move? I'm trying to remember. Is... I don't think I did. I think I just generally had a plan. Like I gotta fucking get in there. And... Yeah. Just do. Like you didn't have like a I one guess, sheet of you didn't have a binder full of yeah. one sheets for like Matt Kenny. Characters. In hindsight, I guess I just thought like I was me, like which is even weirder. <laughs> like I didn't have a character. Matt Kenny enters <laughs> the ring. <laughs> like probably just dressed like normal. Like I don't think I really, at 170 I pounds, I didn't really, <laughs> standing five foot eight, Matt Kenny. I didn't really envision it enough. I just pictured you entering to Yellow Submarine for some reason. <laughs> we all live in. <laughs> just like marked well because they you know they have those characters like basically like the pussy character like right that's right they they have those to they like sort of like get their to, ass whipped yeah exactly somebody to hate on but then every once in a while they like surprise you and beat somebody and like right. it's embarrassing if you're the, defeated yeah. by these characters you would be that guy yeah you, you oh, would be the little bitch. if i had if i had any chance of making it if like if i really needed to that's my only angle <laughs> That's my only in for WWE. That's the only way I'm getting involved. It seems like being the announcer guys is a pretty good gig. But the the announcer guys are usually former wrestlers. Oh. Not always, but often. But yeah, that I could definitely do that. Yeah. Maybe I could be a ref. Yeah, yeah, the ref is good, but but doesn't the ref get his ass kicked sometimes too? Yeah, yeah. Usually the ref is like incapacitated, and then something sneaky happens. Right. It's all completely stupid. I have, I have no interest in any of this. Like, I'm just, like, sitting here being, like, I'm trying to think of something that I could say, and I'm just, like, wrestling, like, just my brain turns just off. Just fuck this. Just, I just can't believe, like... Let's, yeah, let's move on. No, 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 I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I empathize with this? And there's just no empathy just happening. Can't. I'm just, like, yeah. how is this happening that, like... Yeah, like, I can't even think of anything. Yeah. Well, like, what are some comparable things that people love in a similar way? Because the things that, I feel like the things that young guys love about it, kind of like I said before, it's like, sort of like an embodiment of what is man in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We, like, yeah. Women fawning over you, athleticism, and violence. Here's yeah. the thing about the women. <laughs> violence. Sort of like violence. a, like a, like a bravado. Sort yeah. of like a ballsy dick four foot long kind of bravado yeah oh 100 percent. If, yeah. if your dick was four foot long i think that would be an interesting gimmick for a wrestler, <laughs> a wrestler? if he comes in like swinging that thing at you no one would want to fight him he would just no. he'd be like i surrender i, I fucking surrender don't hit me with that thing <laughs> like that's the one thing you can't do in the ring is slap somebody in the face with yeah. your dick <laughs> but you're allowed he can put them in like a chokehold <laughs> oh god <laughs> Although, how would he choke you, though? That's He's got a few <laughs> options. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he's putting it around your neck no, to choke it's you. it's going right down, <laughs> going right right down your throat. Like, a, like, a, like an alien just going <laughs> straight. <laughs> yeah. Like the, what's it called? The uh, neck hugger or the face, face hugger? hugger? Yeah, the face in, hugger. In alien? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just your pelvis turns into the face hugger. Yeah. But then also, conversely, you could put his dick in some sort of hold and that he, to try to get, because you know, you can like submit. Oh, like yeah, yeah, that's true. Hold. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You like wrap it around your arm a few times <laughs> or something. You're like yanking <laughs> on it. Like, ah, ah! 
That's that's how your bitch character would win the fight. Yes, it's just like whereas most, I would imagine most of the wrestlers are afraid of the dick. Yeah, and are just like ah, get yeah. out of the way. I would but have your to character like, goes in. Yeah. <laughs> wrestle with it like a boa constrictor. And then he's like, whoa, dude, whoa, oh, oh, oh. That's how I defeat the four foot long dick champion. That's how you win the belt. I stomp on his dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> When, when you said before about going back in time to tell yourself something, this isn't that, but it made me think of that. Um, on the day that Matt and I graduated high school, that was the day Michael Jackson died. Yes, it was. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And when, when Michael Jackson died? You yes. Were, no, you I was were, in the you room. You were there? I was in the room. Wow. That must yeah. have been intense. Yeah, it was... I mean, no one knew it was happening, and we were, like, snuggling, so... We, <laughs> like, I, I just woke up with a cold hand around me. And <laughs> you woke up to Michael Jackson's <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, morning Michael. Michael. Oh, my oh. God! Because ah! <laughs> this is the Then he reanimated in a final performance. <laughs> the, I remember the first... Like after the ceremony, we were all you know out on the out on the football field, mm-hmm. and then Stephen Sullivan walks right up to me and goes, "Oh, congrats! Michael Jackson's dead." And that was like <laughs> the first. That was like the first news I received. He would yeah. do that. Yeah, he, he would oh, yeah, do totally. that as like a new person in the world, yeah. fresh out of high school. <laughs> Michael Jackson's is dead. Dead. Pop culture died today. Do you know what everyone else forgets about that day? Farrah Fawcett also, also died. died that day. Yeah, I forgot about that until no, just now. Nobody cares. No, <laughs> no one fucking gives a shit. <laughs> well, she, she had, had she died no. a week later, maybe it would have gotten a little bit of attention. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know about that. Probably not. But I'm not, I'm not saying Farrah Fawcett deserves the same recognition as Michael <laughs> Jackson. She wasn't the king or queen of anything. Yeah, but well, she was the queen of ceilings for a while with, with her poster. <laughs> Yes, she was on sure. everyone's, on yes. every young boy's ceiling that's right. across these United States. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that. And everyone just, it was like, it was like the wave going by like in the through crowd. through the crowd, it was right? Like, yeah. Michael Jackson, did it. Michael Jackson. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there because I was with Michael. Yeah, you. R.I.P. Right. But <laughs> R.I.P. In peace. Rest in peace, in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my earliest memory of something I feel like I wanted to be like a like a rock star before I even like <laughs> knew anything about music or right, had any right. taste in it like I was like I want to be a rock star I didn't yeah. even know what that meant I you think I was like just, seven like, the term rock yeah star. like I think that was my first like hyper masculine yeah. vision for myself you yeah. know in like I don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, I, I think that was it yeah well also was, in tights probably right what was uh do you remember like your first seeing like the first MTV music video and you were like I want that I do not remember the first MTV music video, but I do think back to like the first times I started listening to music. It was probably like early middle school when Brian Leone, uh, a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, first started to get me into like Metallica <laughs> and like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And this was right when I was starting to figure out if I could sing and I would, you know, I would be in my room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just Chill on, idea. Just on your bed with a hairbrush. <laughs> oh yeah, with those, you know. Um, and I think I did irreparable damage to my vocal cords in those early years. That and that is why I can no longer sing today. Yeah, yes, yeah. and now it's all over. That's why um, you have a tracheotomy. Yes. <laughs> Matt's Matt's actual voice isn't this rough. It's just speaking through the speaker yeah. up to his throat is <laughs> severely. So I don't know. Speaking of empathy, was there like, was there ever a vision when you were young of something that epic? And also I mean, yeah. Lame? Like I always wanted to be like a like I was in bands and stuff, and I was like, music. I want to be a rock star, but not really like a rock star because like I was a drummer. Right. You can't really. You're not like the rock star. You're like. Yeah part of the rock star yeah. experience yes. but not <laughs> you're along for the ride yeah you're along for the ride but yeah. you're not really like there's probably like a handful of drummers that you can name off the top of your head yeah where you're like yeah exactly but no like how many front men can you name probably Stop. like yeah the list is endless yeah. but the amount of drummers you can name is probably like you can count on like maybe both your hands yeah yeah like the like someone like me like who knows a lot of drummers it's different but for the average person the average joe they can't be like oh i know who john theodore is like yeah, i don't know that guy yeah Never exactly exactly he's probably in a band that i've heard of, <laughs> um he was he in uh he was in the mars volta oh okay yeah 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 he was the he was their first drummer and he is the fucking shit. He is so good. And I always wanted to be like that kind of drummer. And then it was also this thing where it's like, I don't have that kind of talent. Like, I just don't have <laughs> that ability that to be that kind of... started playing in utero. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. practicing ever since. Yeah. And it's like, that's the, that's the thing that kind of like shocks me. It's like, everyone's like, you can be whatever you want. You can like do all this stuff. And then like you find out like, no, you kind of have to start at a certain <laughs> yeah. point. Like you can be whatever you want up to a certain point. Right. And then at a certain, like once you're like 27, it's kind of over. You can't really be what you want anymore. <laughs> like you know the book um malcolm the uh malcolm gladwell book uh, outliers yeah i actually yeah. just read that a, uh, a few weeks ago yeah oh really yeah so you remember how the whole thing he's talking about like hockey players yes that's uh, do you do you know this i like, know the book I, I didn't read it so the thing about hockey players in um canada because most of the hockey players in the north american area come from canada because right. no one gives a shit about hockey in america and nope. uh, so most of them come from canada and canada the way it works is like, so you have a year and most of the players in the NHL have birthdays early in the year, like January, February, March. I have heard of this. Because what happens is if you're born in like December, you're playing with all those kids that have had an extra year to to develop and become bigger. So it like if you're like nine years old and you were born in December, you're playing with the other nine-year-olds but they're basically 10 <laughs> they're basically 10 yeah so you have that disadvantage and that's why and so like what happens is all the coaches are like let's go like get those kids to be better hockey players yeah. the because they're older and let's get these shitty kids <laughs> born in december even though it's not their fault like if they had another year they yeah. would be at the same place but it's just that let's just where filter them out yeah, yeah it's like so it's a weird system that kind of happened naturally yeah that this guy malcolm gladwell noticed and i don't know if he's the first person to notice it but he was he sort of writes it in a snappy way though yeah because he, then the hockey leagues are then seeded there are like a leagues b leagues c leagues depending on your talent level based on how you do in the youth hockey leagues and then the ones in the a league get the most practice time and play the most games right so right. then bah, 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 and then bah, bah, scouting bah, bah, bah. and yeah it's all yeah. it's a cycle at that point yeah it's, like at a, at a certain point it's like if you're born in december you're never going to be a hockey player no matter how hard you work just because of like where 
like some at some point attention is going to be shifted off of you onto someone else and yeah. you're probably not going to give a shit about it anymore i wonder now that this is like come to light like i wonder if there are parents in canada who are like planning their conception well that's well that's a thing that happens in the u.s school system too like the parents are finding all these ways now to like rig it so that their kids either get noticed in the right way or get seated into the right classes that's another thing that he talks about in the book like you try to find a way like oh maybe i'll delay my kid like putting my kid into school for a year so that they're developmentally a little bit further forward things like that i get that but as far as like school goes like i don't know i was i had a late birthday as far as our grade goes and like honestly what you're august right september oh september I guess it could be, like, annoying when you're, like, that much smaller, but, like, now, I kind of like the idea of, like, having a little more time, like, post-school life, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's something to be said for that, like, being able to just, like, get the shit out of the way, and then you actually have more of your adult life? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. I guess ultimately it doesn't really matter, but, like, I I don't know. I, I always think about it all the time, too, because, like, my sister is 16 right now, so, like, she's my youngest sister, and, like, we've all gone through it. But, like, right now, it's, like, it's so shitty. Like, (laughs) it is so shitty. Like, when I was going into school, it was just getting shitty. Yeah. Like, it was 2007. Yeah. And then everything went to shit, like, a year later. And basically, it was just, like, oh, you know, go to school, get a job, and you'll be set for life. And now it's, like, yeah, no, not anymore. Yeah. Not even in the slightest. No. Is that... There's, there's there's like, no safe career anymore. I think the funniest thing to me is lawyers. Because it used to be like, you, you get a law degree, you're going to get a good job. And mm-hmm. it's like, now many lawyers have to take things they are overqualified for because because everyone went and got their law degree. So yeah. now we're glutted with lawyers. Yeah. It's also just like kind of like a money grab too, because oh, everyone's yeah. like, people are going to, people need these degrees, so they'll get them anywhere. They don't have to go to Harvard Law to get them. They can get them at fucking Podunk University and... Yeah. We'll just offer a degree and then then you have your degree and you don't realize like the reason people go to Yale is not for the degree. It's to have the network. It's yeah. to have like there's a reason that everyone in Hollywood went to Harvard, you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. there is a there is a big reason for that. It's because some guy got from Harvard was like, Come along, people from the Harvard Lampoon, and now just everyone from the Harvard Lampoon, you can basically have a job. If you, right. If you really wanted it, you could have a job. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even a conspira- conspiracy theory. It's just like, that's no, what it is. It's like it's just, people hire their friends who they know do good work. So like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do that? Like UCB, for example, like I, if I remember correctly, the entire writing staff of Key and Peele is UCB writers. Right. Like that's yeah. just where they, because yeah. Ian Roberts is one of the, who's one of the founding members of UCB. He's the head writer of Key and Peele. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I didn't he know just, he just farms from what he knows. Which yeah. Makes which sense. Like, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. it's not even like a thing where it's like, I understand it, but at the same time, you're like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it makes sense because I would do the same exact thing. Like, right. I wouldn't go to a stranger and be like, hey, let's start a podcast together. No, I'm going to go to my friend yeah. who I've known for like five years who I know like works well and yeah. like, hey, let's do something together. Like, it just makes right. perfect sense. But at the same time, if you're on the outside of that, you're like, that's totally fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
that's the other thing is like with unpaid internships like that's like not to i probably sound like an old person on fox news but like what happened <laughs> what happened to like the american dream like how are you supposed to how can anyone like pull themselves up like i'm extremely lucky that my parents could support me while right. i did an unpaid internship right exactly. twice i did two of those and again not only that you get oh you get college credit which is the biggest racket of yeah. all time oh, yeah makes totally. no sense. because I had enough credits. I yeah. had to pay for the privilege to work for free. Yeah. That makes no sense it's to me. Ri- it's ridiculous. And, and like, it's... who can really do that? Not many no. people can do that. There's lots of people who could barely afford to go to school in the first place. Right, and, like, yeah. they're going to miss out on those opportunities. And then, you know, totally. I'm sure those opportunities helped me get my job and then so on and so forth. Like, it's just not fair. And, like, uh, another thing off of that, like, I, I saw Matthew Weiner speak at the uh, Austin Film Festival, which was awesome. He was really cool. And it, this isn't really anything against him, but he said at one point... He quit his job, and for like three years, his wife supported both of them while they while he yeah. wrote scripts. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. I wish I could. I wish I had some sugar mama who could like <laughs> yeah. and keep yeah, me afloat right? and like do right. the shit I want to do. I, no, but like, you know, I don't have that. It's that's yeah. awesome that he could do that, and I'm that's great. And it, it gave us Mad Men, so I'm not yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> complaining. I, but, I can't even but, like, like imagine asking someone to do something like that for right? me. You know, right? like, hey, can I? Be unemployed for three years, please. Right. Right? Honey, can I, mean, I still have sex with I you? Think, yeah. while I, do <laughs> I want you to look me in the eye yeah. and tell me that I can still have sex with you. I want you to walk in the door and I'll say, what's for dinner? <laughs> um, so like... You know, yeah, and, no, but I'm sure she had a good job because, like, I, I I can't imagine anybody being like, shit, we can barely afford life with both of us working. Like, yeah, how no, am I supposed? To, I'm going to support crazy. you. Like, come on. Like, I uh, I'm actually kind of going through a little thing like that right now, where like, I don't want to say I lost my job because that's not the right. Because I'm a freelancer, right? But I have had a job for the past three years, and what they do is they give you an outdate and they say like all right, sorry, we can't pay you anymore because your project is over. But it just happened to be that I kept getting extended and kept getting extended and kept getting extended. Right. That I, I didn't even really have a contract where it was like, oh, by the way, in six weeks you'll be up. Like most people, most freelancers have that. I didn't really have that. I got very lucky. Yeah. And just recently for the first time in three years, they were like, oh, um, you can't, <laughs> we're locking you out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit and go. No, uh, they were just like, you know, in two weeks, um, you, you know, don't come back. <laughs> um, so there is this feeling of like, oh shit, I have to make money. But at the same time, it's like I have my own projects that I want to work on. I have my own stuff I want to do. Like, how do I like navigate this new feeling of like unemployment? Of like, I'm really worried about where my money's coming from next because mm-hmm. like I made I didn't make a bad living when I was like freelancing. I I, I certainly made enough where I have like a little cushion right now. Yeah. And so I don't have to like pound the pavement every day, like looking for the next. I don't have to knock I'm on doors. I'm going to see. starve. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not going to starve. Yeah. Uh, but it is this weird thing of like, do I? Well, do I take time off to do the things that I want to do, or do I just like jump into a new thing right away so that I can I can make money more, possibly even more money to some, one day do the things that I want to do. Yeah. And it's just this weird headspace of like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. And. 
luckily my girlfriend has been like no just take some time off like we'll figure it out that's awesome so yeah, yeah cool. and so it's like she's not pressuring me to i mean she doesn't want me to be a, a bum <laughs> but, <laughs> so you're saying i can work never again really <laughs> yeah you'll like, take care of us she's Thank definitely you. not bum time <laughs> <laughs> bumming around i just immediately unzip my pants <laughs> i've been waiting for you to say ah. that honey <laughs> Uh, no, but she, she was just like, we'll just take some time off, like figure some stuff out. Like, you know, it, we're not going to starve. We have resources. That's great. But here's the thing. I've always wanted to take an improv class. Like I've always been into like comedy and I'm, I figure like, like I've taken like writing workshops before, but I feel like taking like an improv class will like help me with our writing in a sense where like, it'll get my brain to like, cause I'm, I'm okay at riffing, but I'm not like a great improviser <laughs> clearly. So, like, I really wanted to take an improv class, and, and I've never gotten to do it because, like, I never had enough time. Like, I've always worked. I've never not worked. Yeah. So, even out of college, like, I was, like, working right away, and I never got the chance to, like, I'll just do my own thing. Right. And then I looked at, like, how much an improv class is, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> it's like $400. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, are you kidding me? Which, I'll tell you, for performance classes in New York City, for the amount you get for a UCB class, that is a cheap price. And I will will also, I've I've done Improv 101, and I I advocate for it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, because that's also, I mean, it's it's eight eight sessions, three hours each. Right. So that's 24 hours of education. Yeah. For four hundred bucks, which I, I think is pretty good, and you get a you get a performance show, you get a space to do right. it, and you know your friends see, and everyone can come see. But like, right. in those three hours, like you really do learn a lot. Yeah, like, I, I really feel that way. Okay, so you're you're pro. I would I advocate for it. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, I've, I mean I've also been doing their sketch classes, and those are also four hundred dollars yeah. a pop. I I actually wasn't going to UCB. I was going to do um, People's Improv Theater. Yeah, yeah. Pit. Guys. yeah. Yeah. Pit, yeah, I've heard of that, and then they're. I'm, there's I'm, the magnet too. yeah that's the one I was so UCB was sold out mm-hmm. and then I yeah, saw always. oh it's always sold out and then I saw Pitt and then I was like oh there's a class here and then I just didn't get on it fast enough and it sold out oh yeah so then I was thinking of magnet but I was still just like are you kidding me fucking $400 I just like can't wrap my brain around like spending that much money yeah and that's like the dilemma I'm talking about it's like I don't have any money coming in so I feel selfish being like, I'm going to take this $400 improv class <laughs> while you go and work yeah. on it. And I'll be here. I'll be at my Im- improv class. I'll be at my improv class once a week for three hours. Oh, I am beat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I, it, so it's like I'm, I'm doing this thing right now where it's just like, do I take? Because I really do want to take it. Like, I, it's not a thing where I'm like, Oh, four hundred dollars on out. Like I, mean, I think about it, and I'm like, you know no. what you should do if the you know once a week for eight weeks concerns you. They do intensives where you can bang it out in a week and a half. It's class right. every day. But that's six hundred dollars. That's the, more. The, that's the more. intensive. Not not at UCB, so far as I remember. I never or was it listed it as more. I could be wrong. I saw I saw the intensive. But something about the intensive doesn't appeal to me though, because I feel like you're not getting time to like marinate. I on the yeah I would agree with that it's yeah, yeah I, I like you're you're kind of like learning at like a breakneck speed you don't have time to like process it I, and like take I, a day I wouldn't do the intensive for any class but 101 I think 101 right. is the only one where it would work if you did it be anything beyond that your brain would explode that's right. what I think yeah but uh, what I was saying was I saw it and I was like six I think it was like six hundred and twenty five dollars and I was like Jesus fucking Christ yeah <laughs> like, all right I'm out of that definitely yeah. yes like if I'm if I'm like 
putting a pros and cons list together for the $400 one. Yeah. I'm just like out for the $600 <laughs> not one. Not doing it. Honestly, dude, I mean like, here's the, th here's the other thing about it. It's not just, like when I was taking that improv class, it wasn't just like I felt improv skills improving. Like my memory was sharper. Yeah. Like I felt generally yeah. like wittier, more mm -hmm. alert, because it, it really forces you to pay attention to everything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I, I think it's a good life thing. Yeah. Like that's the thing, like. You, so is yoga. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Well, there's I, a fair I wouldn't pay four hundred dollars for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I started UCB one hundred and one in let's see, late February of two thousand fourteen. So I've been at the improv thing for like pushing on a year and a half now. Yeah. And just in that time, it's like when you first learn about it. I, I feel like there are a few things where it's easier to constantly be challenging yourself and to constantly feel like you're outside of your comfort zone and yeah. to just insist that you keep growing mm -hmm. because there's never like you can always make it harder and you can always yeah. get better at it and really the onus of whether or not that happens is just up to how ballsy you're willing to be right right and there's something really invigorating about that because every time you get up and do it in front of an audience or in a class you get to go all right how ballsy am i going to be today and yeah, how yeah, yeah. much am I willing to suck? Am I going to say cunt today? <laughs> I mean, you know, some, sometimes the scariest thing of all is not saying a damn thing. You oh, know, yeah, you start yeah. to breach into those bigger and bigger, scarier areas until eventually you're like, I don't remember who I am anymore. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's something really invigorating about that that kind of forces you to go like, all right, how big are the nuts today? You know? <laughs> Which you know is sort of Size bracing. Up. <laughs> right? Kind of feels like you own your destiny a little bit. It's oh cool. yeah, absolutely. There was this thing I saw. I'm gonna have to Google it to remember the name, but there are these two improvisers, and I think they're on. You know those like Sonics commercials? Yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Um, uh -huh. They're on that. And they do a show. Two Square? Is that what it's called? Two Square? The show? No. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's like their names. Uh, I think it's like Rick and Steve or something. That's not that. TJ and Dave. That's what it is. TJ and Dave. And what they do is... It was, it, was, it was amazing to watch. I only saw like a little snippet of it, but I want to like see it more. Is what they do is they... It's a two-hander that they just like... They will get up on stage and the lights will come up and it's just silence for a little bit. And then they just kind of like look at each other and like are figuring out what to do. And then they improvise an entire hour and a half. Oh my God. Uh, like show. And it's not just like, it's not bits. And it's not like a, it's not like an ass cat thing where it's like someone will run and then it's like the end of the scene. Yeah. It's like, no, they're going to follow this through for the entire thing. Jesus. Like one they were talking about, one that I saw like uh, this, the preview of, it was these two people in an office talking about like, you know, I can't fucking believe him. This is, this is my thing. Like, I can't believe he's being <laughs> such a shit about this. And it turns out they're talking about like a t-ball game or something like <laughs> a, right. like a yeah. softball game. And then the interview, I heard them, it was an episode of Radio Lab, which is a great podcast. I suggest you guys listen to it. One of the guys brought them in and was like, so, you know, tell us about this. And they were like, well, we just like, it's really like insane sometimes like when i when i'm doing it i'm not even thinking about it but when i go like step outside myself or like explain to someone like what is happening they're just like what the fuck <laughs> like like you're improvising like and it'll be like they'll turn into different characters like it's yeah. not just like 
these are the two characters the whole time. Like, they'll have different characters coming in and out. And, like, one time they were saying how, like, at the end of the show, the guy killed himself. Like, oh. like, like, like it was this weird thing where it's just, like, that is amazing. And, like, I want to know how to do that. Just, like, just for my own, like, writing sensibility. Like, Absolutely. It's, like, insane, like, how you can come up with this shit on the fly. Yeah. And, like, yeah, every night it's not going to be amazing. Of course, but to see two people do that and just create a story before your very eyes, it's like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, when I saw your improv team do their thing, I was, yeah. like, I was like, this is really funny, this is really good stuff, and like, that, you did this one thing where you were doing a, um, you were doing like a posh Englishman accent okay. about like the thing for a poet. It's like, you definitely don't remember it, because I know how those things work, I don't remember those things in the moment, yeah. but you were just coming up with like, the most like, poetic... Oh, was I, oh, was I on a, I was on like a date or something. Was I? I don't remember what it was. I just remember you you... describing like colors or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I, 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 like thought that describing things poetically would like make people like, like me. Yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. But I was just like, this is why Matt Pridgey is the best. It was weird. He's just coming up with this shit on the fly. (laughs) That is amazing. Thank you. I, yeah, I think I remember that bit now. It's. That's something that I've been working on recently because first when you start to learn how to do it, and I'm still very much a beginner, but first they teach you like, all right, here are some of the ways to like think about it. Right. And so then, and then you kind of wind up going, oh, okay, I'm thinking about this the right way. Let me do this thing that is right to do now right. in this way that <laughs> yeah. you do it. And then eventually I'm right at the beginning now of going, oh, my lips are moving. Uh-oh, my lips are moving. What's coming out <laughs> now? Oh my God, what did I just say? I now saying? I know what's happening to me, you know? Um, which is an exciting and very scary yeah, yeah. Yeah. space to be in, you know? Like that, color describing what yeah. that was. No, it, it was like really good and I was just like, this is what good improv is yeah. because you're just like, like some, some of the other acts that went up that night, I was like, they don't have, they're going with it but it's not becoming funny right. or they're not like taking that left turn where it could get funny. Like they're just kind of going and meandering and trying to figure it out. But what your team was doing was like, we're taking the left turn and we're going like, we're going all the left turns. To yeah. Make right. Yeah. Yeah, funny. yeah. Yeah. Whereas like some people are just kind of like, no, I'm just going to keep going. Keep on and, going on that path. Yeah. And maybe we'll find an exit yeah. somewhere, but we're just driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Do the class, Mike. Do the class? Do yeah, the class. Yeah, it sounds like you want to do the class. You should do the class. I, I should. I should just man up just and fucking do it. Do it's class. also fun as shit, especially yeah. one-on-one. Yes. It's the most fun you'll it's ever good have. good for your soul. Kathy will understand you being <laughs> a bum. <bump. laughs> 101s before it all gets hard and scary. Like, 101s, like, the really fun, like, yeah. fucking crazy, right. let's have a blast stuff. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So if you want to find out how I'm doing on my improv class, you can email me at morethanwecanchew at gmail.com. You can tweet us at morethanwecanch. Uh, you can see uh, Matt Pridgey's improv team lasso with an exclamation point at, what is the website? Uh, go on New York newyorkimprovteams.com and you can find us there. We have our little page with all of our little headshots. Do you have? Do you put your shows up there? Or? Yeah, we do. We post our shows on there. Uh, we keep a running list. We usually perform once a week or so all around city and many dingy bar basements so. so go see lasso because they are very good as I, we have just described yes they are uh i don't know matt you got anything you want to say uh i no promises but i am going to try to find that video of the undertaker choke slamming <laughs> jbl through the yes we, we will put that up we should, on, the, on the website on the website yeah because yeah, I, I think it will help people understand the destruction of my innocence <laughs>
<laughs> my innocence was ripped like that canvas rooftop of the limousine. <laughs> I'm Mike Mitchell. I'm Matt Kenny, and uh, we want to thank Matt Pridgey for being with us today. Thanks for having me again, guys. Bye. Bye.